Welcome to the Think Generational Wealth Podcast. This is the personal finance podcast for the Black community. I am your host, Amir Estiva. Think Generational Wealth was created to empower the culture to think wealth, assets, and prosperity for future generations. If you are someone who is inspired to leave a legacy and needs actionable steps on how to do it, this is the podcast for you. Join me every week as we discuss various topics from personal finance, building assets, and mindset. Our goal is to leave the planet better than how we found it by enriching our future generations with the right tools for success. And thanks for joining us on this journey. Welcome to the Think Generation of Wealth podcast, and this is episode number 110. I am your host, Amir Estimo. I'd like to open each podcast up with gratitude and appreciation. I am appreciative that you have taken the time to listen to this podcast because you could be doing anything in this world, but the fact that you are listening to this podcast is much appreciated. Also, thank you for subscribing to the podcast. If you're a new subscriber or if you're a new follower, I appreciate that in, in general. Okay? So let's dive into today's topic. So today's topic uh, is going to be about becoming your own bank. Now, I've talked about this topic in previous episodes, so you can check out episode number one, 1974, 82, and 87. And this is basically about life insurance. And what I come to find out is Life insurance is a topic a lot of us do not like to talk about. Because obviously, when you talk about life insurance, that's intertwined with death. And these people are thinking about death, which is inevitable. We're all not going to make it here. Okay? We're just passing by. We're here, to have a, we're here to have a good time, not a long time, right? So eventually, all of us are going to leave this earth. But it depends on what happens afterwards. In a lot of business I used to be in, and actually I want to get back into this probably within the next few months or maybe a year, depending on what I have going on, is that you hear all these horror stories of people that passed away, whether it's a male, female, the breadwinner, whoever the breadwinner of the family passes away, and guess what? They leave the family or even this other sibling with a lot of debt, which becomes crippling. Now, we talk about this is the personal finance podcast, this is the Think Wealth podcast, this is the generational podcast, right? So, if that's what this show is about, well, of course, life insurance is going to be a topic we are going to talk about. And the reason I say that is because, again, when your loved one passed away, what happens? then they get, let's say you leave them with debt, $100,000 of debt, etc. Now that goes to your siblings, or that goes to your children, or that even goes to your, your other partner, right? And that's, that becomes tough. It's a very tough life to live afterwards. That's why a lot of people that pass away, the families have to take on that burden this person's debt, okay? What I'm going to specifically talk about 
is this policy, this life insurance policy called the Index Universal Life. Okay? And here's, if you don't know, this is what the wealthy are doing. Okay? The wealthy, what they're doing is they're taking the life and they're taking, because we already know, right? It's not about how much money you make, it's how much money you keep. Okay? There was a year, Amazon, I think it was either before the pandemic, back in 2018 or so, Amazon paid zero in taxes that year. Go look it up. I may be wrong if it's state or federal or whatever, but Amazon didn't pay any taxes, right? Because the wealthy knows about all the loopholes and all these, they know all these policies, loopholes that they can elude that they don't have to pay any taxes, right? Whereas the poor and middle class, which probably eventually just going to become poor and rich. The middle class, they're looking to get rich, right? And if you don't wise them up and see what the wealthy, instead of, like for me, is instead of us just sitting there complaining about what the wealthy are doing, the higher network, see what they're doing and follow that, okay? So with these high net worth people are doing is they're buying up these life insurance policies, these permanent life insurance policies, right? And what they're doing is they're stuffing it with money. And obviously there's a there's a limit that they can I'm gonna talk about this later on, but there is a limit that they can put into this. And guess what? The high net worth evades evades tax. OJ Simpson, if you guys go look it up, research it. OJ OJ Simpson, if any of you guys remember Remember, he beat the murder trial, but he lost the civil trial, right? And then he ended up going to jail for 10 years for the robbery. But here's what people don't realize. When O.J. got out of jail, he was still a millionaire. And what O.J. did was he took some of that money and he put it into a permanent life insurance policy. So the day that basically the IRS can't go after that, your creditors can't go after it. And if you were to get sued, let's say you got an accident, you hit someone and kill them, whatever, they cannot sue you, and they cannot sue you for that life insurance policy, okay, because this is a protection, so this is what the high net worth are doing, and I'm not saying, I'm not telling you about any information that I don't know about, this is actually fact and proof, okay, O.J. Simpson was still a millionaire when he got in jail, the reason is, is because he used this thing called the IUL, or I think it could have been whole life. And that's a different topic, and I'll talk about that another time, okay? So, what I'm going to share with you is go, and first of all, I am not a financial advisor, so this, this is only for educational purposes. So I'm not advising you to do anything. What I'm advising you to do is sit down with an advisor, someone that you can trust, that can inform you of this and how to set this up properly if you decide to go this route, okay? So what is the IUL? So this is a type of life insurance policy that has a cash value component along with death benefit. So, so the whole point of this policy is you really, in a sense, don't really need the death benefit. It's more so the cash value that you're focusing on. Okay? So let's say, for example, you would have a $100,000 death benefit, but you were to then let's say you have $300,000 of cash value that you have accumulated in this policy. Upon your passing, 
you, your family, whoever your heirs, whoever the person, uh, the person who received the contingent, however, they would receive $400,000. So that means you get not only the death benefit, but you get the cash value too. Okay. So keep that in mind. So again, if something has ever happened to you, they would get the death benefit and they would get the cash value. Okay. Now, thing about tricky thing about this IUL, the index universal life, as you can see, index, right? This funny is this policy actually tracks the stock market, but it doesn't really, it does not invest in the stock market, so it tracks. So if the stock market was to swing right, which means it's to go up, you would get, you would get, so let's say if it was to go 12%. So it would mimic the stock market, so that means that policy would go 12%, right? But the beauty of the IUL is there's a floor and a ceiling. So let me get into this. The floor would be, for example, let's say the stock market, again, this tracks the stock market, right? So it can, so this is based off how the insurer has it set up. So it could be something where it follows in the NASDAQ 100 or the standard the S&P 500. Let's say the S&P 500 swings left, which means it goes negative, and it loses 10%. The IUL usually has a floor, depending on the company, but it usually has a floor of 0%. That means you are mitigating your losses, and you lose absolutely no money in this policy. Okay? Well, however, though, let's say the stock market swings right, and it goes 30%, your floor could be 15%. So there's that 15% that you are missing out of, okay? So again, keep that in mind, is when it comes to the IUL policy, this does not invest in the stock market, so it tracks the stock market, okay? So based off how the policy can, the interest rate will fluctuate, but however you have that floor, which will protect you from losses. So if we go back to 2008, right, if you have the money in a 401k, let's say you had $100,000, but if the market swings left, boom, you can lose all that money easily. That's why it's important to look into something like the IUL, because what it would do then, it was, if you were to have that type of money, and you stuff it into an IUL, guess what? You won't lose any money. Okay, so again, folks, this is educational purposes. Please sit down with someone that's professional, that's going to educate you and make sure you understand and ask questions, okay? So how does this work? Now, the IUL, you can underpay it or you can get premiums, right? So let's break this down. So underpay would mean, let's say, your the total you can put into this policy in a given year is $2,000. Let's say you really can't afford it and you can, you can only do like $50 a month, something to that nature. You can underpay the policy. But keep in mind, before you actually start building cash value in this policy, is you have a surrender charge, which means that if you, let's say you put $2,000, right? But your surrender charge is $2,200, okay? That means you you have to put in more money of past 
your surrender charge. Okay, so that means you'd have to put two thousand three hundred. So then that means if you say, you know what, I don't want this policy no more, you'd only get a hundred bucks. You would lose the other two thousand two hundred dollars. Okay, so these this is the thing about the IUL. They don't tell you. And that's why it's imperative that if you sit down with a professional, you sit there and ask questions. Okay? So keep that in mind. Until you hit that surrender charge, even if you were to put in $2,000, you would not get that money. You basically lose it. Okay? So that's why it's imperative. If you do something like this, get educated, folks. And after that, anything above that, you would get. Okay? So you... But at five thousand dollars, your surrender charge would be twenty eight hundred. You get remember it's twenty two hundred, right? Your, your surrender charge. What do you put five thousand? That's what you built in cash value. So that means you get twenty eight hundred dollars. Okay. Also, the thing about the IUL, going back to the last, going back to that two thousand dollars, you have a limit that you can put in in a given year. So going back to the $2,000, let's say, for example, you're only able to put in $2,000 for that year. That's your max fund component. To protect yourself from that now turning into a taxable, so where the IRS, if you put a dollar more than the $2,000, let's say you put $2,001, guess what? Now this account, this not account, this policy now becomes something where the IRS can tax you. Look up the code 7702 on this um, regarding the IRS law regarding life insurance policy. Okay, so that's why whoever you work with, make sure they explain this to you because if you put anything more than that, what's the allowable max, max funded for that given year, you the object of this is not to pay taxes, right? You would start paying taxes, okay. But to keep to get the full benefit of the IUL index universal life is you won't be able to max fund this because if you don't, because of the cost of insurance of this policy, and then fees, it can get extremely expensive. I'm being candid with you guys because this is I this is something I'm doing right now, and. You won't see the full benefit of it because if you are paying, you're not. Let's say you put that fifty dollars in, and that fifty dollars is taking care of the cost of insurance because that's what's it's costing this company. Let's say it could be Transamerica, Nationwide, whoever, to insure you. So the cost of insurance could be thirty bucks, or let's say twenty bucks, right? And then fees could be like another ten, fifteen dollars, right? Or maybe four or five bucks, whatever, you know. And then after one day, now you end up with $22, and that's plus the interest, and that's what's going to go in your cash value. That's what goes to your cash value. So that's why the thing about the IUL, though, is if you don't max fund this, you won't truly see the value of this. And I would say the IUL is, is really used for people who just... I met with people who are trying to decrease their taxable income. They put this, they open the IUL, so it's not to, again, you're not eluding taxes, it's just that you are mitigating how much money is you losing. 
because it's not how much money you make, but how much money you keep. Okay? However, though, the beauty of that is well. Let's say, for example, going back to what I was saying earlier, 100000 death benefit, 300000 cash value. Guess what? You can now become your own bank. You can borrow against that policy to go buy real estate, to start a business, put your kids to school. I just wouldn't take money out of the cash value to go pay out debt. Okay. Or let's say you took money out to go buy a brand. You can even do that. It's your money. You are now your own bank. And when you pay yourself back, guess what? You're paying yourself back with interest. You don't get that from the bank. You don't get that from any bank. However, though, if you, let's say you pass away, God forbid, you pass away, if you have a loan, let's say $100,000 or $50,000 out and about, that money now will be taken out of your cash value. So that means if you had $300,000, you took $50,000 out, they would take, uh, that money will be taken out. But how, you can take money out tax-free, but that money will be taken out of your cash value. So keep that in mind. So if it's something you're really trying to do, this is the beauty of the IOL is because you can now become your own bank. You're not going to get a high interest rate more than maybe 1% from a bank. Not even that these days, right? This high yield account. So if anybody, you guys are not focusing on that, putting money into a high yield account, even though the, the interest rate is variable, but it's based on how the market is performing. So if the market is performing very well, guess what? Your interest rate is 4%, 3%, 2%. It's better than it beats 1% or 0.0001% or something like that. Okay? How, like I said, if you are not someone that's going to max fund this account, I would highly, I would not suggest it because you're not going to see the true value. And a lot of people, what happens is when they get this permanent life insurance, they get upset and they're like, wow, because they didn't do their, first of all, you didn't educate yourself. Second of all, you're not max funding this account, so you're not really seeing the true value of this account. So if you're not max funding it, I wouldn't suggest this account. This is not for you. But if you're someone that has money laying around and you have money in a bank account, Instead of just leaving that $100,000 in a bank account, take that money, half of it, 90% of it, and put it into a permanent life insurance policy. Okay? Now, is this policy better than a 401k? Okay. Maybe to, to each his own, right? To each his own. So someone else may say, no, this is not. A 401k is savings for retirement. This is something that you are using to save on your taxes, right? And the IUL does come with high fees and premiums. So the drawback is the high fees and the premiums, okay? And then the cap amount, which is your ceiling of what you can actually earn, okay? And Another thing too you want to keep in mind is if the market swings to the left, you want to get you don't you have that flow, so that's the good thing about it, right? So you don't lose 
mitigate your losses. You won't lose any money. That's the reason why people like Donald Trump, Disney World, Walt Disney started, uh, he started Disney World based off having life insurance. Policy. He bought against his life insurance policy to start Disney World. And that's why I said, if you're not starting a business of a sort, I will, don't go take money like that and go pay off credit card bills and stuff like that. Uh, let your child put your kids to college, maybe buy something you always wanted a new car or cash. Or let's say, for example, you wanted to get into real estate. This is a smart thing for you to do. Okay. So the bottom line is, I would say, is with the, the drawbacks, the advantages of this is you have the flexible premiums, you have the cash value accumulation, you have the investment flex flexibility. So you get to control how much money you're putting in, you get to control your interest rate, how much you can actually even have your interest rate be fixed. Okay. Then you have the death benefit. So even if you were to pull money out of your policy, that's you're doing it tax free. So it's less risk and it's unlimited contribution, right? Now the disadvantages is the cap, obviously. This is better for larger face amounts. Now you do have that variable equity index, so that market can go up and down. So one year you can put 2%, next year you can put 8%, next year you can put 12, which is your cap. So keep that, that would be the disadvantage. And this does not include stock dividends, so because it does not invest in the stock market, which hence why I say life insurance is not an investment, it's a protection. And then you have the management fees. So something like a, a stock, even in stocks, you have management fees. Even in mutual fund, you have management fees. Okay. So this is good for someone. So if you're trying to cut down on your taxes and how much taxes is being taken out, or you, your money is just sitting in a bank account and doing absolutely nothing, this would be something that's good for you. Okay. So thank you for tuning into this episode. Hopefully, you stay to this end and hopefully you learn something share this with someone that you find this if you find this podcast valuable this episode valuable thank you for listening to the think generation of wealth podcast if you enjoyed this podcast here's three ways you can help the podcast grow one subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your content two Leave a rating and review the podcast, again, wherever you get your content so others can find it. And three, share this content with someone that you think will find this of value. Thank you for listening again to the Think Generation of Wealth podcast. Peace and much love.